India Charts the truth about the markets India Charts publishes Nifty Daily daily video updates the weekly Elliott Wave outlook and the long shot report covering all asset classes Hi everyone this is Rohit Srivastava recording for the 28th of May 2021 an interesting week we've closed uh, again positive holding above the 20 week moving average and in doing so we've also ended up making an intraday all time high again and this is against all odds because sentiment has at least in my data points been on the other side so this argument or debate has gone on on facebook twitter that this whole idea about the market getting back to new highs was probably false uh, you know the underlying trends because of the slowdown from the pandemic would get us a second round of selling send us back to 13500 blah 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 none of that really happened and uh, you can read the sentiment in many different ways either you have a large enough mass that you are really studying which means uh, it could be a targeted audience uh, who are responding to your posts and i actually had some of that on facebook uh, for a post that i was running for almost uh, you know uh, more than a month and 90% of the comments were that you know this is not going to happen you know you you're you've lost your mind and that's really interesting uh, when you see something like that uh, while it may not be a, a broad data point but here's a broad data point the way to really measure and map markets is have some kind of sentiment data and if you look at something like the put call ratio then one thing that would have come across to you is that the pcr was actually at the lower end of the range associated with various previous bottoms if you take a couple of years of data so when you do that and you still not lifted off from there right now at the end of the month even though the advanced decline ratios have lifted off the pcr is still at the lower end of the range at the end of may i thought it would have because i thought april in fact uh, march first i thought was bottomed out then end of april I, i could see the triangle i thought it's done the advance has been so slow with so many gyrations that you actually haven't seen a take off in the pcr but the good news is you've actually seen huge participation from stocks throughout this time period and which is why the breadth which is the ad ratio or the ad summation index whichever you're really looking at has consistently risen throughout the month of may now if you look at any other market the one that concerns most people say the us market what it has also been doing is that all the while while you had this big correction the nasdaq uh, which is probably the big index that really went through a deep correction uh, in the last two months you had huge rotation out of the nasdaq into the economic uh, sectors industrials financials and all of that action continued to show up in individual indices if you really you know look across the board on indices uh, related to the us market so most of us just look at the headline indices nasdaq snp and actually the snp and the dow didn't really fall that much as the nasdaq so they were really holding up throughout there have been several uh, moods of panic but it didn't really lead to a big sell off but if you actually watched this across asset class or sector rotation then you would have gotten a better sense that money is still moving around uh, and finding a home for itself rather than exiting all markets because if this was a major top on valuations then uh, you would really have seen more broad based selling and that was completely not visible as far as us markets are concerned in fact depending on what data point you are really following in the us uh, if you really looking at earnings for this quarter they've actually got uh, i think the snp 500 earnings print based on the research i am reading is at 50.2% as of now and that's pretty massive lot of data points are you know coming out at 
epic highs not just inflation which is spooking but everything else so when you get growth and inflation moving up well then the inflation is sort of supported so this whole argument you know around inflation and rising bond yields that keeps spooking the market from you know time to time really has to find a base for itself it's a circular argument people will say well if yields go up then you know it's bad for the economy commodity prices leverage companies they will all go down blah 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 but the reason yields are rising is is the other way around yields are following inflation not leading inflation in other words if prices are rising if the commodity price cycle has picked up uh, if equity prices are doing well and eventually if demand picks up sure in india we are still through lockdowns but most of the western world has come out of that they've had their vaccination drives us more significantly and case counts have meaningfully dropped they're slowly opening up everything in fact many things are already opened up uh, only some uh, flight routes are still tight which means they're not allowing certain cities to certain cities in on flights uh, but you can go to the uh, you know do those routes in a different way uh, so that's how uh, us has really worked itself out and uh, so they're really looking at you know people going around uh normally in fact some states actually went into a debate about you know not wearing masks so coming to the point you actually seeing positive data around an environment where people start moving out spending again and you get that you know pent up demand which has uh, you know uh, shown up even before last year uh, once again coming back uh, in india it may still be suppressed till uh, you know things really get better and we really do more vac- vaccinations and things can really open up and case counts meaningfully come down because even if after they come down and you know the hospital scare is uh, far reduced which is uh, the reason why even california opened up in november december or rather in feb is one once they can you can actually read through that yes we, uh, we have our hospital system can handle the number of cases now but moment you open it up and people start going about and if they are again careless and then you get another jump in cases then you're back to square one and so the whole uh, most important uh, part here is getting the vaccination drive back in place but going back to the main point uh, if you're really worried about us markets the data points are completely not supportive of a a big bearish uh, sell off in fact uh, data points can continue to improve and if all these spending plans really play out into the next year then uh, those data points are not really likely to get significantly depressed either so uh, nothing negative there uh, just some volatility fears uh, in the short term that keep showing up a deep correction in bitcoin that sort of shakes up everybody but the bitcoin indicator is more like a liquidity indicator anytime there's a shake up in markets you also see a shake up in in bitcoin because that's the hot money uh, and since 2018 i have been noticing that uh, whenever there's a hot money correction in the markets like you saw the equity corrections of 2018 and 19 and 2020 during the pandemic first lockdowns uh, then bitcoin itself also fell along with all asset uh, other asset classes not just during uh the uh, lockdown period like i said even 2018 when you got the first us scare on uh, interest rates really going up uh at that time also bitcoin corrected along with equity prices with a minor lead lag of a you know couple of weeks here and there more or less uh, this is what has started happening because it's the same money now uh, that bitcoin has become mainstream after being becoming part of the uh, us futures exchange that the same hot money is chasing uh, it on in all different markets and so when there's fear in one market there's fear in another market so it's become more of a sentiment and liquidity indicator as far as i'm concerned uh, but net net i'm not so worried about the us market still you can see this rotational 
rise in specific sectors and that's the same thing that's happened in india as well so while you've had a two-month correction in the nifty rather i'd call it a consolidation because it's a triangle pattern we didn't really break the 14,000, uh, you know 300 range temporarily uh, but that was the 61 percent uh, retracement support the 20 week average uh, held at least on the broader indices like the nifty 500 or the mid cap index and uh, with that you ended up getting a strong performance in individual stocks so if you look at the breadth you know uh, apart from just the metals and pharma sector that i've spoken about during this period you had a strong performance by the mid and small cap stocks you know so individual names are doing well many of them from the cyclical and economic uh, side uh, many of them the value stocks essentially those which were beaten down during the previous mid cap crash are slowly starting to make a comeback it may appear specula speculative at first uh, but uh, I think the real bet is on uh, whether those uh, stocks that had already crashed have value if they have an existing business if the economic cycle really in India turns around what will be the impact on many of these companies and the impact could be significantly positive especially if you get the same combination of inflation and growth in India. So inflation uh, definitely showing up in some ways in terms of numbers, not in not in CPI and WPI, which is still uh, you know lying low because of our uh, lockdown scenario. Uh, but uh, we are seeing commodity prices rise, and that has been one of the biggest triggers for you know many uh, good things to happen. For example, uh, the uh, sector, which is the metal sector, is usually the leverage sector, and they've actually been able to uh, cut back on their debt and actually repay a lot of the loans that they had on their books, which means banks finance, uh, got financing indirectly back from uh, these borrowers rather than having to go and uh, you know borrow from the market itself and who are the biggest borrowers in, in uh, lenders in this case uh, you you didn't guess it uh, public sector banks you know and some of the large players like you know ICICI bank and so on so um, uh, SBI you could say in, in terms of public sector banks so many of these big uh, you know uh, banking names who are, who are key lenders to the sector actually benefit with money coming back uh, of course it means that to that extent uh, they need to find uh, new people to lend to so of course credit growth has to happen and for that uh, again we go back to uh, the government spending plans and uh, everything else announced in the budget that has to play out uh, and for it to play out we need to get out of this lockdown scenario so that's something which will happen eventually it's a matter of time uh, the more time it takes is why you're seeing the nifty move up slowly rather than fast but money is not waiting money is chasing up the value stocks on the sidelines ignoring the high value levels that the nifty indicates because of the you know stocks that are part of the index and the index is composed such because uh, the index managers have uh, done uh, the uh, opposite of what they did in the 1990s which is at that time when the tech bubble was you know forming rather the tech boom was going on they never included any of the it stocks in the index so the indices remained flat never moved up didn't reflect uh, the gains that happened uh, because of the uh, you know uh, growth that the uh, it sector was really showing and of course uh, once you got to the bubble stage and you know everyone realized oh this is not in the indices they got included and the indices actually fell much more than uh, than they would have otherwise so they actually broke so nifty didn't break the 1998 low but the sensex did and some of the broader indices did as the inclusion of you know uh, tech stocks had a more negative impact uh, and they were included very very late but this time around after 2013 the highest churn rate in our index management has been there they've changed components every time uh, something has fallen or risen and uh, I wonder why they haven't done the same again now uh, when you have, you know, highly valued stocks on the FMCG side 
why aren't you churning out of them into the cyclical uh, you know capital goods and metals and you know add more of those in and reduce the weightage of the others which are then you would have a different look at you know what the pe would look like but there was a big drop in the nifty pe because of the earnings growth that has shown up so far for this quarter so a readjustment has started to happen in the pe uh, the key is uh, will we continue to see that growth because most of these numbers are into march before the lockdown and now when you'll get june numbers they're not going to look that great for the time being and uh, and that's i think the near term risk uh, to markets that you know how they would respond to that and they'll have to really look forward into the next few quarters uh, hoping that you know things uh, open up and go back to where they were so let's see a lot of that is still uh, going to be uh, what will happen in the future but the two things to think about is the bull market is first of all in stocks especially those not necessarily in the indices so you need to be on top of what sectors are doing well and then what individual stocks are turning around uh, and that had been beaten down and where you see value because i found so many are you know stocks are still listed in single p ratios or discount to book and uh, uh, the only thing you need really is an economic uh, business cycle to kick in uh, to get all of that back to where it should logically be uh, the other is uh, looking at what's really happening around the world i mean one of the drivers uh, that has been there for the uh, copper price action uh, and for the uh, metals action uh, beyond demand is the expectation that more demand will kick in over the next you know 5 to 8 years because of what uh, some of the governments and increasingly all of them will start talking about which is the uh, green new deal or the green energy movement uh, which i think everybody is getting committed to uh, you know moving towards you know using carbon credits and uh, reducing emissions across the board and that means some sort of electrification of the world uh, which involves a large uh, consumption of copper so uh, that and all the related industries that will come with it whether it's renewable energies and so on is one you know very specific uh, area of growth to watch out for uh, because increasingly uh, there's going to be a lot of adoption of uh, you know a lot of these things by each and every government uh because they are talking about it they wanted to be part of their policy apart from the infra spend in fact maybe a good part of the new infra spend that they are talking about may go towards things uh, that are in this uh, area in fact in india we spoken about having uh, you know a new uh, line of uh, trains apart from the old uh, railway system uh, bullet trains which were announced by uh, the current government you, you need to have more than just one and if you start doing that uh, you're looking at a lot of uh, you know new electric lines uh, coming up uh, batteries energy being put in place so uh, all long term trends so if you start if you're really looking for new growth avenues probably this is one area to explore and uh, you know have some allocation to uh, from a 5 year 10 year time horizon because it's going to be something that the whole world is going to move towards which will create a lot of demand and the indirect demand effect of that is directly on commodities so uh, people who are seeing that are betting on Uh, the commodity cycle on the back of uh, what is going to be the green energy revolution so what should we really make of uh, china's comments that came in this week that they really want to you know slow down speculation in the metals markets and uh, people got a little concerned is this the final nail in the coffin for the uh, metal cycle and the commodity cycle that we've been seeing over the year my sense is it's not at this point of time it's simply commentary uh, they're trying to talk it down and slow it down i think nobody really wants to shut it down because think about it china was the uh, one of the large consumers and uh, known to have bought a lot of commodities last year at the start of the cycle 
and now the only reason they would talk it down is you know to slow down that speculation and not really get blamed if this results in high levels of inflation so that's about i think what they are doing uh, trying to put that warning sign out but no one's really wanting or looking for a change in this trend i think this trend has helped in so many ways bringing back not just sentiment in in the markets but what i mentioned earlier is profitability to uh, a completely new sector that has been able to pay back loans which improves the banking sector's performance kicks in a capex cycle and so on so so many uh, positives that come out of it that i don't think they would want to change uh, you know what what has really started to happen they just probably want to slow down the pace so that it does not have uh, the negative inflationary effect so at this point of time i think it's just uh, words uh, which is language uh, also another means of managing a monetary policy or any other uh, situation uh, i do not see any kind of action that would really uh, put an end uh, to you know what what's uh, really been going on uh, but i would be a little more worried about their actions on the bitcoin side where clearly Uh, they've mentioned that uh, you know companies should not take payments in uh, btc inside china and that that's a big deal i don't know which other countries would take that in fact india itself could be one that could implement something similar since we've talked down or talked against uh, the bitcoin uh, usage in india at least rbi so far has only said that well be careful they've still not called it illegal i wonder if they'll really take that final step uh, because they've already talked about you know working on their own cryptocurrency so maybe at some point of time they'll probably get uh, more serious about putting some kind of curbs on uh, you know uh, cryptocurrency trading in india uh, i'm not sure whether it's legal i've really not had time to figure out i think earlier it was really difficult and most of the forex traders that offer it uh, tell you to buy either through credit cards i don't know if you can really buy it through direct cash and uh, so if you're you know making indirect transactions whether you can really reverse that money back into your bank account is the big question because uh, you know derivatives trading by itself is restricted in the uh, liberalized remittance scheme the lrs scheme mostly allows you to invest in equity and real estate abroad and uh, so in that sense everything else is a restricted investment and you might not be allowed to uh, uh, you know uh, take that money back if you've moved it out uh, of india into any of those other investments uh, and so you should really check with your bankers whether you can really do that before uh, moving ahead with any of those kind of investments so i have not done my r&d in it i think the bull market in indian equities has become uh, as attractive that you suddenly lose interest in uh, uh, you know all the other alternate uh, investment assets for the time being i mean this is a very similar situation i faced in 2003 where you had the gold bull market and the commodity bull market and then you had the indian economic cycle and so it made more sense to stick uh with uh, domestic equity because uh most of these uh, f- uh you know other assets for like commodities trade overnight in the M- mcx and the last thing you want to be worried in the evening time is what is happening to the price of you know one commodity or the, or the other might as well just worry about indian equities closes at 330 do your analysis and then you're home and you can chill because uh, till the market's open the next day there's nothing else to really do even though whatever might happen in overnight markets I usually don't like to look at what's happening at that point of time in the night simply uh, you know check out uh, how the market responds to that in the morning because uh, the markets have a trend that they want to uh, you know follow and uh, other news news flows whether it's uh, overnight markets uh, or any news item only has an impact on the opening price and eventually the trend that has to play out 
plays out that's the way i've tried to think of uh, about it and so uh, the time to get interested in alternate assets is when uh, equities uh, are not performing as well as they are right now uh, if i just look at the chart of the sensex adjusted to by inflation uh, then from 2008 to 2020 it underperformed because it couldn't really go past the high of 2008 throughout this time period and uh, uh, finally now it is breaking through it's going vertical because of this one sided rally that we've seen over the last year we are suddenly beating inflation so if equity investments are beating inflation after such a long uh, lagged period of time uh, then there's no really re uh, real reason uh, to uh, you know go into assets that you have to manage otherwise and that doesn't mean that i don't that you don't go for commodity stock uh, stocks so the better way to play it rather than buy you know commodity prices and then manage overnight risks in uh, commodity exchanges on margin is to buy the underlying commodity stocks or uh, metals and mining stocks uh, in the us which uh, then uh, are easier to manage and they are anyway leverage plays because most of these companies uh, have uh, some level of leverage as they do capex and you know expand capacity they always have a debt component and in that sense you 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 get a leverage play uh, directly by owning equity rather than having to own the underlying commodity so that's the way i look at it and i'll leave you with that uh, uh, looking at you know the all time high that the nifty is made will it really continue uh, my my expectations is yes even though it might look uh, lethargic in the nifty i think the trend is up and uh, stocks and sectors are doing uh, rather well and eventually the rub off to the large caps is going to come uh, the only thing slowing it down maybe uh, as i've mentioned uh, throughout this uh, discussion the uh, our own local uh, local situation where Uh, we know that you know this quarter's earnings are going to take a hit and uh, till we get this entire vaccination drive on uh, things will pick up uh, much more slowly than we would have liked to that's the only reason for it to slow down on the way up otherwise uh, the trend i think is clearly uh, higher so that's uh, all from me for this week uh, and you can catch my uh, weekend with india charts discussion with charts and uh, you know a lot more that we look into Uh, over there uh, over the weekend usually uh, last week we did it on saturday so we are planning to do it again this week on saturday so that you can actually see it by uh, tomorrow evening or over the over sunday and uh, be more prepared about uh, you know how the market's going to behave uh, in the coming week technically speaking so that's uh, that's it uh, let me wind up here thank you Nothing in this podcast is investment advice. Views on financial markets are in good faith to expand your understanding of how markets work. Please consult a registered financial advisor for the same. And yes, please share this podcast with everyone you think can benefit from this knowledge.